It is just such a privilege and an honor to have Pastor Wendy here to speak into our lives and to continue to grow and stretch us. So welcome, Pastor Wendy. Now, that was when we were down at um, Fred Price's church, people. Like, okay, so, like, it, Fred, okay, now, Fred Price, the, the church, the women's conference service, it's, it's basically all black, right? So, um, so even I had to be stressed. I'm just telling you, I had a carload of girls with me. This was, you weren't in this, we don't call shit, but you were in the car, and they were, they were all black sisters. I'm telling you the truth. And we got into a particular area, and I said, golly, you guys, guys, I'm lost. We, that was before you had your iPhone. This is before iPhone times, people. You actually got lost, you know. So I'm lost, and I said, so there was a store. And, and I said, well, we'll stop. And person, when, when, uh, one of the sisters was in the back. I said, her name's Dot. I said, Dot, honey, will you jump out there, and will you find out where we are? She goes, I ain't, I ain't jumping out. I ain't jumping out. You jump out, Pastor. I ain't jumping out. <laughs> she was a little bit afraid where we had ended up in our journey. But we were all always good. I was always good. I was like, God is good, and he's, I've been all over. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll get out and ask, and um, God is our protector. And, you know, I'm expecting, I'm just going to say, I'm expecting amazing things to happen in today. I'm expecting amazing things to happen. Are you? I love your response. That was like instantaneously, man. Some of you were like, bam, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there because you have undoubtedly been praying. Yeah, you've been asking of God. And I really do believe, I think your pastor, man, she has just set the foundation for miracles to happen in our midst. I mean, you know, it is amazing when, when, when the word goes forth. Sometimes we don't really realize this. Maybe we don't really grab a hold of it. And the power of what is there is that when the word goes forth, when we are singing the word, the word is going forth. And it says signs and wonders follow the word. So signs and wonders have already been ignited in this room. I don't know what they all are, but I believe signs and wonders are ignited in the power that goes forth. Amen. You know, there's just a real, it's just, it's, it's just such an amazing, special place to allow ourselves to really receive God and to receive his love and to hear what he is speaking to us and and to allow ourselves to really soak into that. Because I I know in this room, I mean, I just have no doubt in this room, you know, there are all different kinds of challenges because we we live on this earth. And, and And I would suppose, I don't know your stories. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know, you know, that, you know, you just had a, a really hard um, visit with maybe a family member that was very disturbing to you and very, maybe, maybe very hurtful, but maybe not just hurtful to you, but maybe as opposed to hurtful, it was really discouraging to see the path that they're beginning to walk and you have really sown into them. Or maybe, you know, maybe you've been dealing with something in a very physical realm that, you know, you, and, and you may have shared it with people, but maybe you have and you're walking through something in a physical realm that you're like, I don't like this. I don't like the pain of it. I don't like the discomfort of it. I don't like what's going on. Or it's a really unidentified thing that's going on in the sense that you don't know what it is, but it's not fun. And the different seasons and change in your life. But there's so many stories that are in this room. Many of you walk into the presence. You come into church. 
and you come in with, we all come in with our stories. We all come in with our stories are what we have been living, the things that have been going on in our life. And our stories just didn't start this minute. Our stories have been from all of our time of walking on earth. And many of us in our stories, we have um, unanswered questions in the midst of the stories. We have hurt still very dominant in the midst of our stories. We have open wounds in, in our brokenheartedness in our life. And, you know, maybe somebody, and, and most likely, I have to say, sometimes people know, you know, sometimes people know because, you know, we, we share a little bit of our story. We share little parts of it. But there is a place in many of our lives that we don't tell people those different parts of our stories that have a gaping wound a, a bit about them and we kind of hide them and we protect them. Um, because why? Well, because of many different reasons. Some of us come into uh, the presence of the church, the family, this environment, and we don't know yet, is it safe? And you can be around the God environment, God Christian people. You can be in this environment for a very long time and not know still if it's actually safe. Is it safe to share this part of my life? Is it, is it, will, will they, will they appreciate it? Will they, uh, will they pray for it? Will they, you know, will they scoot away from me? Will they, will they, like, will they not know what to do? So, you know, what happens if something maybe is very painful in your background and maybe even to you, well, like when you think about that part of your life, it's very shameful. And so since shame always attaches with it, don't tell anybody. Hide it, hide it, hide it. Because if, if you're ashamed of it, then no, nobody else can actually accept it either. And you don't want them to know. And many of us come with different parts of our story that is the untold part of the story. And can I encourage you in this next day, really you're here in this family, and maybe some of you have driven in from different places, but you're in this environment. I would just like to like propose to you a thought and, and really maybe you know like encourage you along this pathway is that... You have to decide where you trust. You have to decide what kind of woman that you're going to become in your life. Today is a part of your becoming next next part of your story. And you are the determination of where your story will go. Will your story go in the next days, weeks, months, and years to come? Will your story go to this place that you are whole? Will your story go to the place that you have a healed place where, yes, there were wounds, but those wounds now are just scars. Because wounds do become scars. When I was 11 years old on Labor Day weekend, I was at playing at a huge picnic of people. Hundreds of people were at this party. It was a, a, like a rotary club or some kind of thing. You know, I was a kid, you know. And I was there. Me and my girlfriends, we, were, we raced out of the boat because we got to be in this boat. And then we were racing to go because there was horses there. So now we were racing to go to the horses, right? As we were running down the street, man, boom, unbeknownst to me, a drunk driver was driving and bam, I got hit like nobody's business. I mean, when I got hit, I flew up, then I flew out. And, uh, I mean, it was, I cannot imagine what people saw at that moment of time. I do know the report that I got was that I had nurses and doctors were there because they were at the picnic themselves. I had, I had them declare to those that saw me get hit. That girl's dead. That girl's dead. 
she's not going to live. Well, obviously, as doctors and nurses, they had helped people, but they'd probably never seen anything like that themselves either, you know? So I go find, I'd flown up onto the car, the antenna had gone through my leg, I'd flew through the air 20 feet, I slid, tumbled 20 feet, basically took all the skin off this side of my body, and uh, so I'm on the ground. But you know what? There was, there, and I had, I still have scars from that uh, event. I have scars on my forehead. I have scars on my feet. I have scars on this knee. I have I had a big, the biggest scars right here on my left side, which is actually like I always have kind of appreciated it because, you know, when they go left or right, you know, people, left or right, left. Just as a memory point to me, I just have left. I would get confused other than that. See, some of y'all, you're always confused. They go left or right. You have no scar. I do. There's benefits to everything. There's benefits to everything that has happened in your life, right? I mean, I'm like, praise the Lord, I got a scar. So I'm just saying that I, I still have the scar of that horrible event that happened in my life. I still have the scar. It has no pain to it. There is no pain that is now in evidence in any kind of way from that crash that happened in my life. You've had crashes also in the story of your life. Not maybe just a physical crash, but a, an emotional crash, a marriage crash, a family crash. You've had a, you know, a phys, you know, different kinds of things that have crashed in your life. And you have the benefit of deciding what your story is going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow. Is it going to be scars that are there? And your scars are really, to me, scars are your story of helping other people. Scars are your story of saying to other people's life, I lived by the miracle power of God. Let me share you my story so that I can help you along in yours. Your story is to love and people, love on people. But if you are all open wounded still, your story then is, is only open wounded and it has no scars that really are the part of telling the next part of your story. And I know that many times in an environment, you're like, well, you know, it's not safe. I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure about people. Well, you know, all of us have to make choices that are not always easy. Okay, they're not always easy choices to make in the process of your life of walking as a Christian. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid, and uh, my, pa- my dad was a pastor in Wenatchee. Yes! So we played you sports in high school, and we whooped you. <laughs> as if I would remember. I'm just saying, whatever. And, uh, and if, uh, one of the places that he was a uh, pastor was in Wenatchee, and... and uh, but, but let me tell you a couple stories, okay? Because, I, you know, like, you know, my, my scars, my stories are, are really, I just set them before you maybe to, to touch the part of your life in the process of really walking forward with really knowing who you are as a woman of God, as a mighty, powerful, healed woman of God that isn't left in the, scar, in the, in the open wounds, but is walking as a living, breathing, salt and light, powerful woman of God. That's my dream is to really help you along this pathway that God has called you to walk in. Well, my dad was there, you know, there's a couple of stories that I want to tell you on t- making the decision to trust. All right. Um, well, I was only 17 years old, senior in high school. And um, my parents had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit when I was uh, about 14 years old. And then they had moved to from Everett. They moved to Wenatchee. So now we're there and things have happened. Yeah. You're from Everett too. See, good place. We have a church campus there, you know, Mill Creek. Okay. So any which way. So, so, you know, life is, life is, 
life is living. You know, I'm doing my life. You know, I, I wasn't really saved yet. And not really. I guess you are or you are not. You know, I was not. Okay? But, but, but you know, I kind of lived kind of a, you know, kind of like, you know, a high school kid that wasn't really into trouble yet. You know, I kind of was just living life, doing my thing. I was not close to my parents really. But I was just kind of seeing what, seeing what direction I was going to go. But I I'd always went to church. My parents were pastors, and I liked church. I liked people in church. I've always liked. I just have loved it. We always lived next door to the church. And, and you know, God really put the family. The church has always been my family because my mom didn't have any family. My dad didn't have any family. The church has always been my family. So, you know, I had a real love for just church. So, and since we lived all the next door, next door all the time, I played at church all my life. I always would come over, and i get to play at church, and I owned it. And, uh, you know, I could get the microphones out if I wanted to, and I could play in all the kids' classes because I was a kid, and, and so it was really pretty good. And I also cleaned the church, and I would, you know, I would do all the different kinds of stuff. So one Saturday night, I, um, I just went over to the church, had no idea why. On a Saturday night, as a 17-year-old kid, I would walk in church, no idea. And, but what I did do is that, you know how this is a platform and you're all sitting here. Well, the, the basement of the Methodist church, there was a room like this with a platform. And I came out from the backstage because I'd gone down the back downstairs. I came out the backstage and I came out like on this empty stage. And there was one person that was standing here. And I came out like nobody was supposed to be there on a Saturday night. So I wasn't, I, I, I came out and I went, well, oh, oh, sorry. Well, I knew everybody that was in the room because it wasn't that big of a church. And we'd been there. I mean, I was like, you know, friendly, friend, friendly, wedding. I like to talk to people. And so I was like, hey, how are you? Hi, Linda. Hi, hi, hi. I just started talking to everybody, shaking, shaking people's hand as I went down the middle aisle, which I'm 17, right? Talking to people. And I'm thinking, why are they at church? Because mom and dad aren't church. So I go home, you know, right next door. I go home. My mom and dad are sitting in the front room with with their with their closest friends sitting in the front room. Are you following kind of where you think my story might be going? Where you think it is? Yep, that's where I'm going. That they, my mom and dad were getting kicked out of the church that day because they'd gotten filled with the Holy Spirit and they didn't like the, the direction the church was going. It was a denomination. Blah blah blah. You know, and and my mom and dad were saying, "I said, why aren't you guys over at the meeting?" And mom and dad looked at me like, "What?" What, what did you do, Wendy? And I'm like, well, I just talked to everybody. You know, can you imagine you're sitting in that meeting, kicking out that daughter, you know, the daughter, the, the, any which way. So, so then, pro, then started this process of my, my parents did leave. And what the way, way they did it is they moved my parents from the, the largest church to one of the smallest churches. And it's a, a very public um, spank. And it, it's very hard for a person to have to go through that. It was very, very hard on my parents. They, got, they went into a depression, had some real issues that happened in their life. It was not an easy journey that my parents walked into, okay? And I saw it firsthand. I saw all the things that were happening very, very firsthand. Now, if you don't want to trust church, be a PK. Be a preacher's kid. Because you learn how not to trust church. And you learn the fake and the false and the mean and the gossip and the demand on pastor's kids to live at a certain standard above every other kid, which is actually ridiculous. Why should a PK live any different than any other kid? I mean, are they, are they born with halos on them or something? 
it, does, it, had ne- it never made sense. And my mom never demanded of me to live in that pattern because she was a PK too. So praise the Lord for that, you know? So they, she was like, oh, no, we don't live like that. You just do your, you know, you live true to, you know, be you and become a Christian woman. But you're not put into their do's and don'ts box. You live for Christ, right? So so now I leave that situation. And, um, and I'm, you know, and, you, and those seeds now have been planted deep of like, you know, you, you, that, that betrayal of some of the very c- coolest people were sitting right there. And, and my parents did go through that very harsh, harsh situation and had the results of it. I saw it. I whist, witnessed it. So now I go to Bible school. Praise the Lord. I got saved right after that. Okay. And which is a miracle. It's a miracle. I got saved right after that. Right. So I got saved right after that. Then I went, um, went, then we started Christian faith center in 1980. We were young punks. You know, we were just young punks starting church, trying to do the best and, and, uh, and living for God. Right. So here we go. We start church and we're just doing everything we know to help people, but we are not, I mean, oh my goodness. Talk about heirs on top of heirs. Cause we were just young. They weren't ungodly heirs. They were just stupid heirs. I mean, cause we were kids. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing all the time. I knew Linda way back then. I mean, I remember Linda, I was pregnant with our first son. He's 30. So, so I mean, like we've been friends forever, but I mean, we were young kids just trying to do our best and love, but we were certainly loving people. We were certainly getting people saved every single week. And we were certainly doing our best to build the church. Right? So there was this couple in our church and I'm talking all about trust right now. I'm giving you a story of trust. So don't get lost in my story. Recognize where I'm going with this. I'm trying to use my own scars as a testimony to bring you to a place of a, a, a God place. Okay. Because we all have stories. Okay. And, and so like when I, when I, uh, uh, there was this great couple in our church, absolutely love them. And all the time they kept ask, asking, can I do more? Can we do more? And they, they were great business people. They were very successful in their life, extremely successful in their, in their financial and their business life. And they were like, can we do more? Can we be in charge of this? Can we help with this? Can we help with that? And we were like, wow. I mean, any pastor knows, anybody that comes in and says, we'd like to help. We're like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, praise the Lord, you know. And they were really good people. So absolutely, they were doing all kinds of things. They were really helping. They were very actively involved with serving. You know, we were building together. And so one Sunday night after church, they say, hey, after, after church, could we just visit with you up for a minute? Well, of course. They were great friends. They were great people. We love them. They come into the service. They come in after the service is over. Now, Sunday, you might not realize this, but for a pastor that has been preaching all morning Sunday and all Sunday night, they are exhausted Sunday night after church. They have literally been full in their cup and emptied it, and they're empty when they get done. And I think that people don't recognize how hard they that, that is Zig Ziglar. I think it was Zig Ziglar said that when a pre, when a teacher preacher uses one hour of teaching, it is eight hours of physical labor. That's how hard it is. And I went, well, that's really good. It makes me feel, you know, well, whoop, whoop. And, but anyway, but it is, I do know how it's very draining and you're very vulnerable at that point. There's a vulnerability that happens when you literally have poured out. Like, like many of you, I think sometimes moms don't realize that you, in your life, sometimes moms have poured, 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 and they forgot, uh-oh, need to turn the cup around. 
and make sure that that you get filled in properly. And that's why moms get angry quick. That's why moms get, get irritated. That's why in your marriage sometimes that you're just snap because you've allowed yourself to only turn and, and you forgot to turn your cup around and let the spirit of God fill it back up. You know, God, God, I need a little fill up, which is that way you're here. We're feeling right now. We're just, we're just feeling right now. A whole bunch of Holy Ghost power right now in this room. So they came into the office at the end of the service and they're just, you know, we were prepared for nothing except we want to do more. I mean, you know, because that's all they'd ever said, you know. So then they said this. They said, God, you know, you are the best pastors. You are wonderful people. We love you. We respect you. We just think you are just changing the world. Well, God, thank you. And we're leaving. What? Wait, you just said you love us. We are the best pastors. We teach the word with clarity and and vision and dreams and purpose. You think we're wonderful and you're leaving. Wait. Yes. And we're like, is there something that we missed? I mean, I mean, really seriously, as a pastor, you really go, did we, did we miss something in your, did we act in a certain way that was like so offensive to you? Did we do something? That we did not say, you know, please forgive me for. Did we teach something that offended you to the power of the word? I mean, is there something? They go, oh, no, absolutely. You're wonderful. We're leaving. See you later. Walked out the door. Now, it is absolutely, it's like ripping out your heart. Because there's no answer when that happens. There is no answer that a pastor gets. It doesn't matter what people say because people say whatever words are convenient or easy in a lot of ways. And so a pastor is so often left and not only a pastor, but any friendship that was intimate in that church also gets the same. Whoa, you know, that, that wave of, whoa, what happened? What happened? And and it's like Jerry Springer. You do realize that they lie all the time on Jerry Springer, right? You do realize that why that boyfriend left you in high school and he says it was because of this. You know it's a lie, right? I mean, I don't care how bold, how beautiful you are. You added all the extras and uh, you'd be, now don't you wish that you would have had me? I mean, he, he oh yeah. I mean, he, he ain't going to tell you the truth. You know, there's no truth in that. And so there, there's a place of, really, there's no answer to some situations that happen in all of our lives. There's no answer. You can want the answer. You can demand the answer. You can try to get the answer. You can try to have this. If I would only know the why, then I would be at peace. It ain't going to happen. I'm just trying to give you some God wisdom right now. It isn't going to happen. Well, Casey and I, is this too long of a story? Should I go shorter? Oh, I love, I'm a little amplified sometimes. So, but I do have, I, I, I get the whole morning. So I'm figuring I got this whole plan. I'm moving on this whole plan. And so don't leave at any time, man. I got the whole day and I got a whole plan of action. So I'm just saying, you know, so, so, you know, sometimes you don't get the benefit of actually really sewing into where you go. You get like 30 minutes and it's like, okay, just a minute, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. How, what can I say in 30 minutes? You know me, man. I've already said, you know, whatever. Okay. So, Okay, yeah, okay, so so Casey and I are both, we, we didn't even know how to talk. We looked at each other, and we were both, it was like, we had to go to a party right now. We had to leave there and go to a birthday party. So we both just saw each other, and we both went, you know, and we went to the birthday party. 
we, we didn't like, we couldn't really jump up and down, but nobody noticed that we were like quiet, which I don't know why people can't notice when I was quiet, but you know, <laughs> Casey, yes, Wendy, no, I can't, you know, any which way, they were very unobservant that night. Then we went home and neither one of us slept that night between crying and just devastation. Then that next morning, he just went to work, not because he wanted to, just because he needed to go. And I started to cry. When I, I mean, I'd been crying all night, but then when he left and I just started to cry, my kids went to school, got him to school. And then I just cried and I just started to cry. I mean, and cried and cried and God, I'm done. I'm not trusting church people anymore. I'm not trusting them anymore. I have lived with it. I have seen it. I have seen what people have done. And those are just two stories, church. I could tell you story after story. And I I just am always amazed. It's always sad that when anything happens, it's amazing how people quickly go, well, what did the pastor do? I want to go, listen, don't talk to me about what the pastor do. What did you do? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Okay, whatever. And so... um, So I just, I, 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 I just started to cry, and I was absolutely just devastated in my whole being of just that sense of aloneness, that sense of lack of trust, that sense of, you know, can I, can I trust anybody anymore? I mean, what do I do? And, and I said to God, so me and God, so time goes by. And me and, you know, I'm just having this conversation in my little family room. I kept walking the family room. And I said, I'm not going to trust people anymore. I am done. I will not trust anybody anymore. Now, I'm going to be a Christian. And I'm going to go to church because I like church. I, oh, okay. I know I'm sounding contrary now, right? Me and God have conversations that are ongoing. Like That's the thing about prayer that I would like to talk with you about, though, also. Prayer is just talking to God. It is talking to God. Not pretty talking. Not talking with these vows and having all the right scriptures all the time. Prayer is talking to God. God, this is my heart. This is what's going on with me. I need to talk to you about this. I don't understand this. I am hurt. I am frustrated. And, and with tears running down my face and snot running all over the place. And I am like, I am not happy. You know, this is not fun. So time goes by. And I think this is maybe, and I can tell you with my own testimony of my own life, I have had dramatic encounters with God when I've been praying for a long time. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, like some people think you must pray for a certain length of time to touch God. No, I don't think it's about praying for enough time to touch God. I think it's you have to pray enough, a long enough time so that God can finally get through to you. I mean, I honestly think if I would walked away right there, it isn't that God was not calling out to me, Wendy, 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 Wendy. He was calling out. But my own block was so strong that I didn't hear yet. And that's why when people say, you know, to tarry long and to break through, it's not that breaking through that actually God finally, you know, God finally goes, oh, oh, is one of my kids talking to me? No, no. He's heard you. Boom. He heard before you even said it. God is right there before you can bat your eyes. He knows what's going on. It's what we have to hear. And I stayed long enough 
in this place of hurt and didn't walk away from it. I didn't walk away from the moment. I didn't just go get ready and go out. I stayed there with God. Now, I was not happy. I was not, I didn't have all the right words, you know, and maybe because in today's world of social media and our TVs and our, and all the ways that we can kind of get ourselves distracted. Some of us need to realize we need to put all of our stuff away. And I am, there you go. Go ahead. Cause that's the truth. Can I get my water? Okay. So, oh, I love, okay. Sorry, people I'm drinking. I love that. Okay, so, and I, I'm addicted. I could, I'm not going to say I'm addicted, but I am a social media junkie. So I say that out of, out of my own need also. So I have to put my stuff away because it's just way too easy. Oh, what's been saying on Twitter right now? Oh, what's been on Instagram? Oh, what's on Facebook? You know, ooh, what they say? Ooh, I'll look at that video. Ooh, I'll go do this. I'll go do that. You know, if you, sometimes you just really have to get you and God together. And it's not, again, because God needs... You know, uh, you, we need, we need that touch from God. So this touch from God happened in my life in a very special way that I want to share with you because as I, as I cried out to God and I'm not going to trust anybody anymore, the spirit of the Lord said, really not even, it, it isn't that he even said any profound, you know, like word in, in, you know, in King James English, he just said, Really? Really? I'm like, well, I'm not going to trust him anymore. And, and, the, and the, that's, that little voice inside of me says, do you really want to live that life? See, and my question when I stood up to you today was, what, does your, what do you want your story to be? What do you want your story to be? You've had a story, but what do you want your story to be? Because what happened many times in the story of our past and the story of the situation that we are living, you didn't always have control over that story. Think of the story of Esther. Many of us, how many of us have read the story of Esther? But Esther was an orphan. Esther was left under the care of her uncle. Esther was set up in a whole beauty pageant to be picked as the queen because why somebody told her she didn't have a lot of control of her story but she had to live the story anyway and as the story emerged and there's so many people in the bible that they didn't always have options on all the things that happened in their life some of them were tremendous in their life i mean think of Bathsheba think of i mean she didn't i mean hello here's the king david looking over the house and he sees this beautiful woman who is happily married and and over his power and authority he took her she didn't have i mean she I mean, she had no control in that part of her story. Some of you have been abused and you're like, why didn't God protect me? Bathsheba was taken by the king also. And she didn't have control of her story. But what was her story to become? And I just want to say that there have been some things in the story of your past that you go, but I, yeah, you didn't have control over some of that. But you do have control of where you go with it. Amen. And that does not mean that it's all easy. I am not belittling or making light of it. I'm saying you can make your story, your future of what you go. No, wait a minute. What kind of woman 
am I going to be? What choices in my life am I going to make that will bring me to a place of the next place in God? And so when I was just whining and crying and really feeling sorry for myself, I stayed long enough in this place with God. And God says, really, is that the woman you want to be? Because if you want to be that, I could show you the story of what you're going to be living in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years. And I will guarantee my story would not be having me stand right here. I wouldn't be here. If I would have stayed in that pathway where I was faced with a choice and a decision. Choose this day, it says, who you will serve. Choose this day. Choose. It's that choice factor that you and I have on a constant basis. What do you want in your life? Who are you going to be? And I decided right then, yep, I do have a history where people have betrayed me in the church. Yes, I do have a history, but my friend that right now just betrayed me in the church that I feel so vulnerable over. I feel so alone over. I feel so abused and used over that I, I have no answer to this situation. I mean, because I'm like, there's no answer. I mean, all they did was tell us how wonderful we were. And another thing to add on to it, she gave me a parting gift of this vase. That was like this. It was an original. I mean, I told you they had money. I have no idea where she got this vase. This vase. And pe- anybody who knows me kind of knows me. Real. I love glass. You know, beautiful glass. That just beautiful, right? It was the most beautiful vase I've ever seen. This big. It was this beautiful tall vase. That you know it was very expensive. It was the most beautiful vase that she gave me. And I have to say, I, I thought, golly gee, why can't a person give me a really cool gift that I want to keep? Because I'm not going to be reminded. I'm not going to put bail in my home. I'm not going to put that in my home and then walk by it and bow down to it to hurt, pain, and abandonment. No, no bail goes in my home. So gifts like that do not remain in my home. All they are is, what do they call a payoff or a guilt gift? I'm like, oh, I'll give it to somebody else, okay? Which I did, which I have no idea who has it. Praise the Lord. But I mean, it's beautiful. Whoever has it. But see, it's not bail in their home. It would have been bail in mine. Okay? So I did not put it in my home. But I made this decision. I, as, as, I, as this time has gone by, I went, God, I know I will have that happen to some degree again. I know it. I know again in my life, because I was so young at the time, it isn't like that I did not know what would happen. I was still in my 20s. I mean, excuse me, at 20, there's a lot more pathway for me to walk. There's a lot more story that I'm going to walk. But I determined right then, and tears going down my face, snot all over the place. I said, God, I choose to trust my sisters in the body of Christ. I choose them. I choose to trust. And I knew right then. I knew right then. And I said, God, and I'm going to add this to my choice and the story of my future. I choose knowing that somebody is going to betray me again. I choose again, knowing that some, that some place in my future, I'm going to get my feelings hurt. I'm going to feel abandoned again. And I'm going to feel gossiped about again. I choose that I will never come before you with this. I'll never trust them again, spirit, because that's not 
going to be my story. So I ask you, see, all of us have some things, you know, that in our story, we have to decide what am I going to go for? Who am I going to be? What am I going to decide is my future? Because some of you, you have held on to the hurts and the bitterness and the challenges that have been in your past. You have had situations happen to you in all different kinds of, of fashions. I mean, every one of us has different kinds of stories. All of us had different things that have happened. People that have said things. People that have abused you. People that have used you. I mean, you know, from, from old boyfriends to parents to, the, you know, the abandonment to the, you know, to the... And, and it's always, and like I said, I always want to say when people say to me, oh, the church hurt me. I'm like, yeah, well, get in line behind me, baby girl, because... You know, I get that. I get it. I get that the church has used and abused you. But so what? Decide what you are going to have in your story. I don't care what, like, and I do care. You know, like, I care what abuse has happened to you. I, I care that you have had pain. And Jesus cares that you have had pain and that you have been abused. He cares. He loves. But he can't touch it if you won't let him. He comes to heal the brokenhearted. Do you know where that's found? In the Bible. I have a brilliant woman right here. She is. Who can find it for me? Go ahead. Somebody yell out that scripture and let's read it. Isaiah. Okay, Isaiah where? 61. She says so. Just a minute. It's beautiful, huh? When you look at that, because the Spirit to 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 comfort all who mourn, to console all those in mourning, to to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. I mean, and then it says this, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. I mean, you can look at that in our own life. Isaiah, I love that. Isaiah, there's another one too, but Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and of course, Jesus came to build. He comes to take the ruins of our life and bring about a wholeness in the place of ruin. But you have to decide. You have to decide. You have to decide, okay, I'm going to go for some new steps right now. I'm going to take that next step in an area of my life. And you might say, oh, no, well, I've done really good, and I believe that. There's, you've got a room full of beautiful women, and many of you, you have been on this amazing journey of growing in the things of God. I don't think all of us are, you know, all, you know, have all kinds of, you know, stuff that we've held on to. But sometimes it's just the littlest things that, that the Spirit of the Lord will go pop up and say, oop, this is your moment right here. Oh, this is your moment right here. You know, it's funny. The other story, the other, the other day I was, um, all my life, my mom said certain words over me. All of us have had words spoken over us. All of us. Some of us had very, very strong positive, some medium and some real negative. I mean, in all in different levels of all of that. And, uh, and, uh, the, and my mom would say these certain words. And I remember standing in a place 
in my kitchen as an adult with having kids and everything. And my mom said a certain thing to me. And it's like my eyes opened to what she said. And, and I realized I've always had a real, I've always had to work with the image of my body and, you know, just felt bad about it. And which many women do, I get it. And I have two sisters that are really thin. So, I mean, when I mean thin, I mean my baby sister who I was just with last week, she's 5'8", and she probably weighs 105, 110. I mean, she is so small, and she's petite on top of it. I mean, her little back is this wide, or her, her little wrist. Or the, I mean, I'm like, how do you do that? I don't understand. Like, can you walk? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's not very much on her legs, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and I was and I was I was the round one that was born round with brown curl, uh, curly hair and they have blonde blue eyes. What you know? Praise the Lord. Okay, so so <laughs> so and now as we've gotten older, we kind of all look alike, which is I don't know how that happened, except I'm still the biggest. And um, so. So, but when I was, when I was at a certain point in my life, I heard the words that she had said to me and they were like, the Holy Spirit said, these are words have been spoken over you. And that's, that's, that's a lot of the core of what's been going on. But you know, what's funny. I forgot them and they were brought back to me again about a month ago. Now, I mean, probably 15, 20 years had passed since I'd remembered that moment of the words that had been spoken. I think 20 years had passed because, you know, I'm 58. A lot of years keep going past. I'm like, whoa, what happened, you know? How many of you are at least close to me? I don't know. Yeah, okay, thank you. And I mean, isn't it go fast? Boom. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't understand this. And, uh, but they got brought back up to me. And I was like, isn't that amazing? I remember that story. And all of a sudden I went, oh. Oh, the Holy Spirit has something more to work in me. That's why it got brought back up. You know when you remember something that you haven't thought of for a long time and it, and it comes back up in your heart and mind? Well, all you got to do is go, oh, I'm at a next step. I'm at the next step. He, he worked through me when he brought it to me at one point. And then it kind of diminished. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit continuously brings things to you at the appropriate time. And so you started to do work on some area inside yourself at a certain point, And then all of a sudden it diminished. It doesn't mean that you were done, done, done. It just means the Holy Spirit said, oh, good job, girl. Now I'm going to, I just, you're, you're good. Now you need, let's grow a little bit more in some other areas. Let's get you strong enough in some other areas. Oh, now let me bring this back to you. Because I want you to take the next step in growth. Because there's still a little bit of wound open there. It was really good, baby girl, but I got a little bit more stitching to do in that area that has a wound. And the Spirit of the Lord wants to touch that wounds and things are happening in your life. Can you just close your eyes for a moment, every person in the room? Because as I speak this, I want to give you courage to really recognize some things in yourself. I want you to consider, ponder, and think on what's going on in my life and what's going on in my world And let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. What's the Holy Spirit bringing to you? Now I'm going to ask you to be very courageous. I'm going to ask you just to really identify yourself, not that you're declaring it to anybody around you, but to really kind of nail it in yourself and say, this is it. This is, this is some things, Holy Spirit. I see, I get a hold of it. 
And if you go, yep, I got some things. I got some, I, I got some places that I believe God is really going to do some healing and some wholeness and some restoration and some that next step. But also, I want to declare myself an open vessel for God to touch and to move in me in new ways. I'm just going to ask you just with every eye closed just to lift your hand as a declaration of, yep, I'm an open vessel. I want to receive what God wants me to have this time. Father, I just thank you and I praise you. I thank you, Father, for the women as we just come. It says, seek ye first, you, God, and we seek you first. And all these things shall be added unto us, your healing, your strength, your wholeness. God, I thank you for your delivering power that's moving in this room. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's good, huh? That's good. Okay, now I want it, I want you to turn to, I want you to all, because, okay, so uh, we're going to take a break in a little bit, and uh, then you get to get coffee and all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, so fun. But to, look in, in your Bible to Psalm 119. Let's see what we can talk. Let's see what the Spirit of the Lord has for us right here in Psalm 119 and verse 30, I believe it is. Psalm 119 and verse 30. How you doing good? Are you doing okay? You, you know, you're, you're like, you need a, you know, I know some of y'all go, well, it's in the morning. We're breaking in a minute, girls. The bathrooms will be open. Okay, so we got it. Psalm, Psalm 119 and verse 30. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your laws graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. I love that because that's exactly what we've just been talking about. So if you want a scripture to really strengthen yourself in on really, remove from me the way of lying and grant me your laws graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. As you lifted up your hand, there's a sense of, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I've laid before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments for you shall enlarge my heart. You shall enlarge my heart. I love that. When you just read that, Father God, enlarge our heart to your ways. Let us see what you have for each and every one of us. Continuing on in verse 33 of Psalm 119. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm reading out the message. Oh, I'm out of New King James. I was actually going to read it out of the message. Can I jump over to the message for a minute? Let me just read it out of here. I'm just going to back it up because I love the message. I choose the true road to somewhere. This is verse 30 of, in the message. I post your road signs at every curve and corner. I grasp and cling to whatever you tell me. God, don't let me down. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. I'll run the course that you have set out for me if you just show me how. Can I just give you this one illustration that I feel in my life is so important that we really get a hold of. That scripture said, if you will show me how. Many of us have lived our Christian life in our own strength alone. I'll do it. I'll make it happen. But I really love it. You will show me. But I also feel like we need to have this sense and that we have this, it's a sense of God. You who created the heavens and the earth. You that formed the seas. You that made the tulips and the roses and the carnations and the beautiful flowers all over. The the creativeness of who you are. You that made zebras and giraffes. You that made uh, ants and elephants. You, you are so big. Father God, help me. 
I can't do this on my own. Father, I take, I give you my weakness and I take your strength. And that's what we're talking about all this day. It's not about you on your own learning to trust. You on your own learning to forgive. You on your own getting bigger in healing and wholeness and restoration in your family. Absolutely not. Is it God, if you'll teach me your ways. There's a submission. There's a humbleness that in each and every one of us that we go, God, God, not me. I can't do it by myself. Father God, I thank you that you never asked me to do this by myself. You say in Hebrews, you never leave me or forsake me. You never let me just walk my path alone. God, that you are my strength. You give me joy in the midst of adversity. See, it's always about his strength, not our own. Amen? So it continues on in this very, just these beautiful scriptures. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can tell what you tell me. And I believe in this, pro, in this, just read in this word. This is David speaking to God. Remember I said, if you'll learn something about the value of prayer. In this, core, in this, in this time of teaching this morning that you put in your, that you put in your notes, the, the value of prayer and what prayer is. It's a conversation. And I think when you read this, as David speaking to God, he's like, teach me God. God, let me see your ways. God, help me in this pathway. And that you and I learn how to have ongoing conversation with God. That we learn that he he has an open heaven for each and every one of us. Hebrews teaches us to boldly come into his throne of grace. And find find grace in time of mercy. It says, God, teach me lessons for living. I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me. Give me insight so I can do what you're showing me to do. How often have we learned something that we really want to have in our life and then we go about doing it in our own strength? We go about doing it with our own self-discipline. We do it in our own way of making it happen. I'll make this go on. And many of us as Christians, we are very dedicated to live as God women. We're very dedicated to live in that principles of God. We're very dedicated. There's a real heart in us of wanting, so we do it on our own. But in my life in my life story, I have absolutely come to this place of recognizing, oh no, Wendy Louise cannot do it. I can't do what the Bible has for me to do. I cannot trust. I cannot forgive. I cannot live in joy. I cannot live in self-discipline. I cannot live in generosity on my own because my flesh will cry out and say, no, no, no. And pull me back down again. And so I have really, really um, just de- dedicated myself to say, God, okay, okay, I, 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 it's crying out the other side of me. The other side of me is saying, don't be generous. Don't be kind. Don't be forgiving. Because I'm really, really angry. I really want this to stay in my own pocket. But Father God, help me. Help me in this path because the higher desire in me is to be a God spirit woman. To really hear your voice. But I can't do it without your strength. The strength that made Mount Rainier. The strength that made the rivers that we see all around here. The strength that made the beautiful rolling hills that we see. We go, that's God's strength. Pull on that God's strength. 
It's not just your own strength. Amen? Amen? Wow. Let me just read this. I'm going to say this, and I think that we're going to take a break because, you know, you get kind of like, you know, if you sit too long, you know. Guide me down the road of your commandments. I love traveling this freeway. Give me a bent for your words of wisdom and not for piling up loot. Divert my eyes from toys and trinkets. Maybe it should say divert my eyes from my iPhone and my and Instagram and Facebook. Divert my, I mean, seriously, maybe some of us need to use it. Say, Father God, help me to divert my eyes because I'm consumed with that. Ignore me. Uh, invigorate me on this pilgrim way. Invigorate me. Like, that's one of the things I think in we, like, invigorate me. Give me your strength. Give me your ability. Father God, I want your ways. I want your voice to be speaking inside of me. I want the power of who you are speaking inside of me. Is it speaking to anybody in here? Are you getting something? Are you getting built up? You know, I don't, I don't want to come over here and then just say a bunch of words and you're all like. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just really, my dream is that you are encouraged to rise up to be stronger as God women. You are encouraged and given ideas and thoughts and something that adds to your understanding how to walk in this amazing life called Christianity. That you really get a hold of like, man, I I can be that woman that doesn't look down in shame, that doesn't, that's not embarrassed of things in my past, that really understands the story that I have been walking in and how to have wholeness in my story and not a bunch of gap, gaping wounds in my story, but have a wholeness. And in that wholeness, I can use it to love and to help other people. That's my dream. You know, that's my dream so that we can be strong here. Amen? Okay, now we're going to take a break in just a minute. And, you know, like I always bring, you know, always bring information stuff to to build you and to strengthen you. One is, I heard the, I heard the CD was playing before, Break the Silence. Do some of you have the CD that, I don't know, I know, I bet you, some of you would. Break the Silence, obviously, it's not obviously, but it is from us at Christian Faith Center. And it's all the songs are original, so you haven't heard them if you haven't heard this CD. But, of course, my favorites, my favorites, of course, is that I like Tasha's the best. Shh, don't tell them, but... I can't help it because my Tasha sings on here. But um, she, the home song is so beautiful. It's just, it's just so beautiful. And Failing Hope was written by Nick, sung by Tasha. And it really deals with the testimony of when I got cancer and the process of unfailing hope in the midst of a really hard, bad report. What do we do? So it was really good. Um, this is, you've, we've never been over, so God, this is a God's word for every circumstance. And the cool thing about this, is that how little it is you can put in your purse and carry along and my daughter like had it every day in college because we do significant scriptures kind of the ones that would be very important that you'd want to read on a regular basis like joy and family and faith and those kind of uh, scriptures and they're in alphabetical order as opposed to trying to randomly find them through your Bible. So they are so smart. And they're really, really encouraging. And then there's a little devotional at the very back of this. And then I wrote just my most recent book. is called Shoes Wisely. Now, um, who doesn't want a book that has shoes on it? I mean, you know, come on. Come on. You know. And uh, it really deals with um, the, choosing the right shoe for every occasion. But it's really dealing with choosing the right character. So, like, for instance, one of the chapters would be on boots. 
And it's dealing with boot stomping type of faith. That you have the strength to be able to have in the face of adversity that you have faith to be able to come. And you put the right shoes on in the everyday moments of your life. One of them is dancing shoes because everybody knows that in the midst of challenge, man, you better know how to put those dancing shoes on because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's very simple and very readable. I mean, I've had some great people use these in their little Bible studies because there's some fun stuff that you can really have some great discussions on and things like that. But I also read it. So you are, I love to listen to books on tape. So this is the whole book on CD. So you can grab it this way also. And yes, I'd love, I'm, I don't know when exactly we have it actually set up, but I'll sign any of your books or sign anything that you want me to. And and I'm not offended. Take a picture. I'm, I'm great. You know, I love, and I'm around, so I'll be here a lot. But we're going to take a little break, okay? Now, do you want somebody to come up? You're going to come up first, and then we're going to take a little break and uh, let you all get coffee.